Welcome to the Real Loss Boss Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Real Loss Boss Podcast. Why you need to start seeing your weight loss journey as a lifestyle change. Same as the first podcast, I'm not going to edit it, I'm just going to waffle on 20, maybe 30 minutes, see where we get to. One of the big changes to my mentality I made when I started my weight loss journey in 2014 was I had the realisation that my weight loss journey couldn't be a cut and shut thing. It couldn't be, I'm going to lose weight for three months, six months, nine months, and then go back to the way I was living my lifestyle. Because all that does is create what I call the roller coaster of weight loss. Lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. And it's just pointless. It's demoralizing. It's confidence destroying. And most of us are on the roller coaster of weight loss, yet you're probably heavier now than when you first ever tried to lose weight. And we've got to step off it. We've always seen, and me included, until I started my journey in 2014, as weight loss being a cut and shut thing. Start weight, goal weight. And it's very similar now. I follow quite a lot of people that are on weight loss journeys um, on Instagram. And you see in their bio, SW, CW, GW. So SW, start weight, CW, current weight, GW, goal weight. And again, it's seen it as this like fixed period of time. The honest reality is your weight loss journey doesn't start on Monday. You know, I'll start again Monday. Your weight loss journey actually started when you started having a weight issue. And your weight loss journey will end, not to sound too depressing, when you see your maker. All right? That's how we have to look at it. We have to look at it as a long-term thing. A long-term problem will always require a long-term solution. Yet, since fad diets have rocketed through, you know, started off maybe mid to late 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now there's a million and one diets, we always see a weight loss journey as, or we always try to sort a long-term issue with a short-term solution. That's what a fad diet is. I've not labeled it a fad diet. You know, that's what it, that's what they're labeled as. If you Google fad diet, it will come up with a list of, you know, Slimming World, Paleo, South Beach. Fad diet, unsustainable. You're only going to stick to it, right? It'll come and it'll go, yeah? That's what a fad is. And like I say, you're never going to solve a long-term problem with a short-term solution. How we solve a long-term problem is a long-term solution, and that is changing our lifestyle. We always target one approach, or one thing, sorry, when it comes to our weight loss journey, and that is the approach, right? The approach is slimming world, you know, healthy A's, healthy B's, free food, sinning food. Keto, cutting carbs out, right? Intermittent fasting, only eating at certain periods throughout the day. Cambridge plan. Bar or shake for breakfast, bar or shake for lunch, grilled chicken and a couple of pieces of veg for your tea. This is an approach 
or a, a weight loss method that is going to cause weight loss. There's no denying that. If you go to Slimming World for three months, there's a very good chance you will be lighter than when you started. If you do Cambridge, there is a very, very good chance because you're going to starve yourself to death for three months. But if you do Cambridge plan for three months, there's a very, very good chance you're going to be lighter when at the end of three months than you were when you started. The problem is these things don't fix anything. It's like if you've got a dandelion in your garden, which is a weed, if every time it sprouts up, you just chop the head off it, it's going to keep coming back. You have to kill the root. We have to kill the root. And fad diets, which is the main way we always try to lose weight, right? Most people, going back to Slimming World, slim fast shakes, some intermittent fasting, I'm not eating carbs. Even if you don't go for one of the named fad diets, even if you've decided to start calorie counting and you're eating 800 calories a day, like Sir Michael, is, it Sir, is he a sir? I don't know. Anyway, or is it Dr. Dr. Michael Mosley's 800 calorie diet? Ridiculous. Even 1,200 calories a day. It's a fad diet. It's something that's not going to stick. And not only is it not going to stick around long enough for you to reach your weight loss goal, even if it did, it is never ever going to change the way you live your everyday lifestyle so you not only lose your weight but you maintain that weight loss i would say one of my biggest achievements from my weight loss journey isn't the fact that i lost half my body weight it's the fact that from making the decision to stop lose stop directly focusing on weight loss and i just at the time, I didn't realize this, but I just focused on maintaining my weight loss. At the time, in my mindset, I was, I'm just going to focus now on eating healthier or eat, making sure I keep on with a healthy diet, keep my training up, eat for my training and this, that and the other. The reality was, it was, you know, I'm taking myself out of a calorie deficit and putting myself into a, into a calorie maintenance. So I maintain my losses. And I have, I've maintained my losses now nearly six years, be six years in November. It doesn't mean my weight's not fluctuated a little bit in that time. Weight fluctuates. People that have never had a weight issue before gain a bit of weight here, lose a bit of weight there. That's just part of life. If you think when you get to your weight loss goal, you're just going to stick at this certain weight for the rest of it, it doesn't work like that, okay? When we're on a weight loss journey, we are going to spend more time or attempt or try to spend more time in a calorie deficit, calorie deficit, fat loss, calorie maintenance, body fat stays the same, calorie surplus, we gain body fat. When we're on a weight loss journey, we are aiming to spend more time than others in a calorie deficit, right? So 45 weeks of the year, calorie deficit, five weeks maintenance, two weeks surplus. When you are maintaining your weight, you're going to spend the majority of a year in a calorie maintenance. It doesn't mean you're not going to go into a calorie surplus and therefore at some point go into a little calorie deficit. For example, Christmas. A couple of weeks over Christmas, or for some people the whole of December, they spend in a calorie surplus. They got on the scales in January and they've gained 10, 12 pounds. So subconsciously in January or consciously, they then go on a healthy eating kick or whatever and put themselves into a calorie deficit to lose that Christmas weight. Anyway, that might be for another podcast. So we've got to start seeing this weight loss journey as this lifestyle change, as a permanent change. 
So the fad diet just addresses your approach, right? You have no control over your eating. You eat six takeaways a week or you're eating out all the time or you're constantly in the bicky jar or chocolate or eating bags of crisps every night on the sofa or whatever. So your fad diet changes your approach to food. And like I say, as long as you stick to it, you will lose weight. But there is a difference between weight loss and a weight loss journey or successful weight loss and a successful weight loss journey. I've done videos on Slimmer Wheel before, berating it a little bit, and I'll always get the comments, well, I've currently lost four stone off Slimming Wheel. Great, you will do. You stick to it long enough, you'll lose weight. If you embrace the plan and you follow it and you sing your food every day and this, that, and the other, it will put you into a calorie deficit and you will lose weight. If it didn't, it would disappear and it is the most popular weight loss method in the UK, right? But it will never lead to a successful weight loss journey because at some point in time, you're going to get fed up of sitting your food every day. You're going to get fed up of the healthy A's and the healthy B's and the free foods and the speed foods because it's flipping complicated. You might not think it is. You know, someone that speaks Mandarin, right? I've heard Chinese is the hardest language to, to, to speak. Someone that speaks Mandarin will, you know, they speak it fluently and probably say, no, it's quite straightforward once you get into it. That's what people that do Slimming World say. Ah, somewhere else, that's straightforward, it's, it's fine, right? Yeah, if you've been and rejoined 65 times and you've done it loads, of course it is. The longer you do something, the easier it gets. But really, let's think about the basic concept of it. Free foods, healthy A's, healthy B's, speed foods, you can have a healthy A with this and a healthy B with that and this is this and this is that and then you've got to sing, these foods need sinning every day in portions, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's mind-boggling, it really, really is. Anyway, that is never going to change your lifestyle. There's, we need to look at a weight loss journey in two ways. And this is, again, part of the success I've had on mine. Because rather than me just going, right, I'm currently 37 stone and I want to be 15 stone. I've never got to 15 stone, by the way. But that was kind of my mentality when I started. How am I going to do that? Right, well, I'm going to sim my food every day or I'm just going to stop eating carbs or, you know, like I said, a fad diet could simply be, I'm never going to eat takeaways ever again. If you're going to any sort of extreme to correct your weight issue, it's going to end up being a fad. It's only going to be something that you stick to for a short period of time. So saying I'm never going to eat chocolate ever again is an extreme and you're just not going to stick to it. Likewise with takeaways. Likewise saying I'm only going to eat 800 calories a day or, you know, I'm only going to have a shake for my breakfast, a shake for my lunch, and, you know, 500 calories for my tea. Fad diets, right? And my mentality when I started my weight loss journey, I want to, I want to sort this issue out. I'm sick to death of feeling the way I feel. And I don't just want to sort it out for a week, a month, or two months, or six months, or 12 months. I want to sort it out for the rest of my life. So my weight loss journey started when I was eight years of age. That is a time, a moment in time when I can remember me really starting to gain weight. I've always been a, a big kid. Bless my mum, I was nine pounds, three pounds, uh, nine pounds, three ounces when I was born. <laughs> my mum was literally like, I gave you your bottle and it was like, it is gone. 
nothing's changed, right? I love food. I'm a foodie. I've got a great appetite. I like eating, right? So nothing's changed from that, you know? Plus, I'm nearly six foot five inches tall, so I'm just a big guy. So I was always destined to never be a skinny mini, right? But I really started, my weight really started to rocket when I was eight or nine years, around eight or nine years of age, and I was dragged to dietitians. I was still at primary school, so I was the oldest in the year at primary, because my birthday's 2nd of September, so it was probably something like 1991, 92 when I was, I think they took me to dietitians, trying to get me to sort some things out before I started high school, because high school as an obese child is brutal. Anyway, that might be for another podcast. So I was dragged to dietitians um, and obviously didn't work. Uh, took to dietitians, but yeah, eight and nine years of age is when I saw, and that is, I had to take myself back to that time. What triggered, when you get to my weight, when you get to my weight, it's not just about poor portion control or being a bit lazy. I'm a food addict. I'm an emotional eater. I use food as medicine. I use food to self-medicate, to make myself feel better. Some people use vodka. Some people use gambling. Some people use drugs. I use food. And I eat whether I'm hungry or not. I eat because I'm an emotional eater. If I'm feeling stressed, I look for comfort. What do I look for comfort in? Food. If I'm angry, food. If I'm sad, it's only negative emotion that causes emotional eating. People used to come to me and go, I eat when I'm happy. I mean, you don't overeat when you're happy. Everyone eats when they're happy. Everyone goes out for the tea and has a slap up three course meal for the birthday. You only abuse food when you're unhappy. And if you're going to live an unhappy existence, you're going to permanently abuse food if that is your coping mechanism. So I had to go back to being a kid and look at, you know, why... Why am I overweight? Why, why did my weight issue start to trigger? And I think around eight, nine years of age is when I kind of came to the realisation that I, I craved attention from my dad. My dad was, uh, he had a lot of mental health issues. My dad, he was adopted. Because he was adopted, he felt permanently rejected from his biological parents because he never got to know them. His adoptive parents weren't very nice people. Uh, I won't go into too much detail on this podcast, but they just weren't nice. So they never really showed him any love or make, made him feel, gave him any self-worth. And because of that, my dad was messed up. He was messed up in here. And, and, and he passed that lack of self-worth and lack of being able to show love onto me. Um, and, and it was hard as a kid, you know, and I read some journals of his because he had therapy and what was in those journals, obviously, even though I was quite a young age and maybe not clever enough to understand it, it obviously digested in me somewhere. And, and I remember the point in time now I was in his office and I remember reading his journals and I basically read that. You know, one of the worst days of his life was when he found out he was having a son because he thought I'd grow up like him with his mental health issues and, and this, that, and other. And to read that as a kid is brutal. I'm not looking for any violins here, by the way. I'm just trying to tell you that that was my trigger. Now, once you start using something as a coping mechanism, mine's food, you use it for everything then. So when I had a bad day at school and I got a bit bullied, 
I'd turn to food. When I, you know, hormones are flying around and you start looking at girls and got rejected because I'm overweight, I turn to food. You know, when you start going out on a night out and people, especially drunk people, can be very, very horrible to overweight people, again, just looked for food all the time. I also lived a very lonely lifestyle because I couldn't really do a lot. Other than go to drag myself to the pub and get drunk, I didn't really go on holiday much. I didn't interact with people when my friends were doing stuff that I physically couldn't because of my obesity. So I lived a lonely lifestyle. Um, and again, I just constantly turned to food. And that constantly led me to to gain weight. Now, I've suffered with my mental health all my life. I was diagnosed with depression at 19 years of age. And I never talked to friends about it. I was always the clown. It was my defense mechanism. I always tried to be the funny guy. You know, when I'm out in the pub or whatever, I was always the one that was a bit of a prat, always trying to make jokes. And it's our force field. You'll find that I'm not trying to stereotype here, but I know quite a lot of overweight people and they're all amazing people. Their personalities are just sensational. And we develop those personalities as defense mechanisms, right? They're not going to like me because I'm fat, but they'll like me because I'm funny. And that was me. And I always had this, like, like a lot of, I suppose, comedians, you know, you'd never realize what's going on underneath. You know, you look at someone like Robin Williams, absolute genius, hilarious, one of the best comedic actors of the 20th century and committed suicide because of his mental health, what was brewing underneath. And all these things over years and years and years just led me to to overeat, to eat too much food and end up at a point where I was 37 stone, 33 years of age, 37 stone, struggling massively mentally and struggling, struggling massively physically Six months before my weight, I got to a point where I was struggling to get out of bed. I was struggling to get out of bed in constant pain. I always made it to the pub Friday nights, sometimes Saturday nights. Why? Because I'd get drunk and drunk's a pain relief. So I, you know, obviously self-medicated with alcohol quite a bit as well. Food was my main one. Alcohol was my backup. But when I started my weight loss journey in 2014... I had to address things that led to me overeating. And this is why it has to be a lifestyle change. And this is two things that we need to address when we're going to have a weight loss journey. It's not just the approach. It's not just the fact that, yeah, we eat too, too much of the wrong food, maybe. Portion control is bad. We're lazy or whatever. Yes, that's part of it. The other part of it is what's going on in here. We need to address what has led us to being overweight in the first place. And for a lot of people, a lot of people, it's what's going on in here. It is. It's this. People always ask me, do I label, you know, is it genetics? Is it disease? Is it a virus? I literally label obesity. I'm not talking about being a bit overweight and having a bit of a, a belly on you and, you know, wanting to get a bit trim because you want to for your holidays, I'm talking about having a weight, you know, being obese or more, BMI of 40 or more, right? People that have a BMI of 40 or more, 
I, I categorise obesity as a mental health issue. It's what's going on in here that causes causes us to put too much of what uh, goes in here. Yeah. So I, at the start of my weight loss journey, I had to address not only the approach to the way I was living my day-to-day -day life with my eating and me, so movement, exercise, things like that. I also had to address what had led me to getting to 37 stone. So I looked, as I've touched on before in this podcast, negative emotion causes emotional eating. Just negative, not positive, negative emotion. Negative emotion is anger, it's sadness, it's loneliness, it's fear, it's stress, it's jealousy. All these things are negative emotions and this will trigger your coping mechanisms to make you feel better. That's what a coping mechanism is. Whether it's for 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour, it doesn't matter. It numbs the pain. It takes you away from reality. It's a distraction. And eventually that will build up and it will come again and you'll need to use the coping mechanism again. All right. So I had to address what led me to being my emotional issues, my mental health issues, as well as the approach. And that's what I did. And this was the lifestyle change. Now, in terms of the approach, in terms of the mental health, let me just touch on that to finish that bit off. In terms of the mental health, I literally wrote down things that had a negative effect on my mental health. Things that weren't a permanent positive thing. One was drinking too much. Two was certain people in my life. And I never purposely went, I'm never going to talk to you ever again. I didn't do that. I just didn't talk to those people ever again. I've never fallen out with anyone. But there's certain people. There's one person. Again, I might save that for another podcast that I've never spoke to for years and years and years. But anyway, that's, a, a, again, a different story. My job. I hate my job. I worked in sales all my life, pretty much, from being 23 to 10 years. I worked in sales. I hated it. But it was the only job I could do where I could do it the size I was. I always wanted to be a teacher. A teacher was my job. I always used to get careers advisors saying, what do you want to do for a living? I want to be a teacher. I never went for it. Why? How could, so, you know, it's 15, 16, I'm morbidly obese. I am, you know, I can't remember my exact weight, but well over 20 stone. I couldn't get close to fit me. At, uh, last year's of high school, I, I couldn't get close to fit me. I couldn't go to a shop anymore and buy anything, right? Now, I'm just under 20 stone now, and if I go to JD, anything that's 2XL is going to fit me, right? So that's, and they had 2XL then in, in you know, 1995, 96, so that's, you know, that's the size I was then. I was over, well over 20 stone at, at high school, towards the end of high school. And, you know, I was like, how can... So school was brutal. It was brutal. High school was brutal for me as an obese person. Um, again, I didn't always show it. I tried to use comedy as a defence mechanism, but it, it was brutal. And I was like, I'm not going to put myself in that environment for the rest of my life working. So my BC stopped me becoming a teacher. So I did sales and I hated it. 
sales, anyone that does sales, when it's good, it's the best job in the world. When it's bad, it is the worst job in the world. And you could have, a, you're only as good as your last week. That's the worst thing about sales. You could be absolutely amazing for three months in a row, a couple of bad weeks, and you are the pits. Anyway, so I changed jobs. I took people out of my life. I stopped drinking as much. This then had a positive effect on this. Alongside that, of course, lifestyle change. You've got to change the way you live your life. I'm a lazy sod. I don't mind admitting that. I've got a lazy mentality. When I started my weight loss journey, I started walking. I couldn't some days. I struggled. I have arthritis in both knees. I've got plantar fasciitis in my right foot. I don't anymore. Or it, it, if it does trigger, it's very, very light. It's nothing that stops me moving now. But when I was 37 stone, I was in agony. It didn't matter. I consistently moved or tried to move more every day. Some days I couldn't, but I always tried. Days that I could, I put the effort in and I was consistent with it and I made sure I progressed. When I started my weight loss journey, after a couple of months, I got the confidence to go to a gym and I started doing some regular exercise. Now, it's not the be all and end all of weight loss. It really, really isn't. It's something I'd never done before and I started putting it into my lifestyle. I did it for a couple of weeks, hated it. Then I started lifting weights. Not properly. I didn't start lifting weights until probably about properly about five or six years ago where I dedicated my training to weight training. But I, do, I was in the gym and I was, you know, not doing any routines, but I was lifting weights and I enjoyed it. So I started doing regular exercise, started doing regular move, daily movement. There's a difference between daily movement and exercise. So I started increasing my steps, started doing some regular exercise. And I started changing my eating. But one thing that I didn't do, because this is a lifestyle change, it's something I want to implement for the rest of my life. I never went to extremes. I still had at least one takeaway every week throughout my weight loss journey. I still, the first year of my weight loss journey... I went to the pub every Friday night. Instead of going to the pub at six o'clock on a Friday and being 10 pints deep by 9 p.m., then the Jaeger bombs come out. Then we get on the vodkas. Next thing, it's four in the morning and I'm absolutely not knowing where I am. I didn't want to cut out my social life, but I went to the pub and I went to the pub at about eight o'clock on a Friday night, I had four pints of Coors Light. Don't come at me. I quite like Coors Light. Four pints of Coors Light. Got the last bus home at 20 past 10. Four or five months into my weight loss journey, it was summer, it was warm, and I used to have five pints and walk home. And the pub I used to drink in was just under a mile and a half from my house. February 2014, some days I couldn't get out of bed. July, August 2014, I was going to the pub, getting a lift up, having four or five pints, and then walking home in one hit. Home. I think actually when I started, there's a bench halfway. I may have rested on the bench. But anyway, that's just semantics. Is that the right? Anyway, um, so from the start of my weight loss journey, I improved or worked on improving this, and I still work on improving this every single day. So I kind of got to the bottom of what created my weight issues and then kept that or work every day at keeping that 
at bay as best I can. You can't eradicate negative emotion. That's just not going to happen. But I work the best I can to keep it at bay. And I still do that every day now. At the start of my weight loss journey, I started making sure the majority of my diet was healthy and nutritious. I still do my best to do that every day now. But with a balance of still having a takeaway here and there, still going to the pub and having a few pints, still living life. Every time I've gone on holiday, when being on my weight loss journey, I've always enjoyed my holiday and just made sure I've got back to it. Uh, regular movement. Again, from the start of my weight loss journey, started building steps into my lifestyle. It's something I'm still conscious of now. So things that I started in 2014 are still present now. And things that affected me pre-February 2014 I still work at keeping them at bay. That's the lifestyle change. The final part of the lifestyle change is accepting whether I'm trying to lose weight or not, the things that have cured this and helped me be more responsible with what goes in here has to stay in my lifestyle forever. For the rest of my days, I'm 42 now, for the rest of my life, I will try and get a good amount of daily steps in. I will make sure I am doing regular exercise. I will make sure the majority, not for six months while I lose my weight, not for nine months, not for 12 months. Why has my approach allowed me to keep these things? Because it's healthy and it is sustainable. Having most of your diet healthy and nutritious, but still two or three times a week, having what we would class as food that makes us fat, which it doesn't, right? It keeps it sustainable. It means I'm happy to do this 70, 80% of the time because there's nothing wrong with having like a work reward mentality. It's what we do. We work hard. We go on a nice holiday. We work hard. We buy a new car. We work hard. We live in a house. That's like, and, and weight loss is no different. I work hard. I do regular exercise, do regular, and that allows me to have what I call treats. It allows me to have a Chinese on a Sunday night. It allows me to have a chippy tea maybe on a, on a Wednesday night. It allows me to go to the pub and have three or four pints on a Friday night. And the things that I've put into my lifestyle to not only lose my weight are things that are going to stay in my lifestyle to make sure I maintain that loss. Your weight loss journey has to be a lifestyle change. I'm going, to, I'm going to finish this podcast with this question. And I ask it to my clients and I say it on lives quite a lot. Whatever you're doing now to lose weight, and it doesn't mean weight loss needs to be the focus for the rest of your life. I've touched on that. Weight loss, weight maintenance, the approach still needs to be in your lifestyle, whether I'm maintaining or losing weight, I'm still getting my walks in, I'm still doing my regular exercise, I'm still eating a healthy diet most of the time. So whatever you're doing today to lose weight, are you happy to do it for the rest of your life? That is a question you need to ask yourself. And if the answer is no, if you're not happy to sin your food for the rest of your life, if you're not happy to never eat carbs again for the rest of your life, if you're not happy to eat, have a shake for your breakfast and a shake for your lunch for the rest of your life, then you need to change what you're doing because what you're currently doing is not a lifestyle change and it needs 
to be one. There we go. That's episode two. Guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed that one. Please make sure you subscribe and save. Any feedback, any questions, anything you want to ask me, please get it in the comments below. And until episode three, have a good one.